or far from home is for the better. What we dream, it's all that matters. We're on our way, united. Turn the crowd up now, we'll never back down. Shoot down a skyline, watch it on prime time. Turn up the love now, listen up now. Turn up the love. Who's gonna say? Chapter 10 The howler was moving up the stairway. We were moving down. We froze. The howler kept coming. He was not huge, smaller than a hork as big as a large man. He walked on two bowed legs, with a swinging, almost comic gait. He had two arms, longer than his legs. The hands were almost human, five fingers and an opposable thumb but from the wrist projected a sort of second hand, a claw that could be lowered to cover the back of the hand, or kept up out of the way. This claw had four hooked, steel-tipped claws. It looked like there was a bearing halfway up his body, as if the top half of the torso was on a living Lazy Susan, allowing the body to turn all the way around and keep the fighting claws in the game. The head was ugly, a slug heap of melted-looking black pebbled skin. The entire creature looked like he had been formed out of still-cooling lava. Beneath the black, and the cracks and creases of his flesh, there were lines of bright red. Within this face were eyes of a startlingly beautiful blue. Robin's egg blue, they called it. The entire eye was blue, with the cat's iris a paler shade. The howler seemed indifferent to us, didn't care, wasn't concerned. He wore a series of loose belts around his torso, and each of these featured a different weapon. Or at least they looked like weapons. Something similar to a dracon beam, what might almost have been an automatic pistol. Knives, small metallic boomerangs, a gun that seemed loaded with darts. He was a walking arsenal. I looked back at Eric, above me on the stairs. His face was flickering, in and out. Not with emotion with simple loss of control. The android under the hologram kept peeking out. The howler's empty blue eyes locked on Eric. Eric, get a grip, I said with forced calm. He shook himself, and the hologram stabilized, but the howler kept watching him. Six against one, Jake, Rachel said. We won't get better odds. I felt my stomach clench. Sheer drop on both sides. Unknown terrain below. Not the place for a fight. But Rachel was right. It was the time. Morph, I said quietly. Axe, you take the lead. Tobias, get some altitude. Guide, back off. This isn't your fight. Eric, stay out of the way. That sounded harsher than I'd intended. But my heart was hammering, and I was feeling the fierce sweat down my back. It had happened too soon. 
We weren't ready. We were tired from the run-ins with the Warmaker Escort. But mostly, mostly, I was seeing pictures in my head. The eye, Kryak, the image from my dream. I could almost hear him laughing. Just a figment of my imagination, but it felt real enough. Six against one, it wasn't going to get any better. I began to morph, to call on the tiger DNA that swam through my blood. The tiger would be bigger than the howler. The six of us together in morph can take on anything, I told myself. We can take on anything. The howler's blue eyes narrowed as we shifted positions. He knew a fight when he saw one coming. But he was fascinated by the morphing. Fascinated and almost jealous, if it's possible to read an expression on a face made of tar with eyes as empty as sky. I felt the morph working on my body. The orange fur grew on my hands and arms. I had no time to get out of my clothes. They'd be torn apart by the morphing. Fur spread across my body. My fingers swelled. Dark leather on the palms. Orange and white on the back. Claws that could leave slash marks in a car door grew to replace my useless human fingernails. I heard the organs inside me shifting, squishing, relocating, configuring themselves for the tiger body. A long tail sprouted from the base of my spine and immediately began to snap back and forth, twitching in agitation and anticipation. I fell forward onto all fours. This made my head several steps lower than my hindquarters. Teeth filled my mouth. Too big. So big they grew out like a saber-toothed cat's teeth. Then my mouth caught up and my face grew sensitive whiskers. My eyes, made for seeing through darkness like it was day. My nose, sensitive to every smell of animal life. My ears, pricked forward, quivering at attention. The howler looked a little less intimidating now. The tiger was not worried. The tiger knew it was the fastest, deadliest creature in the jungle. The tiger did not fear the strange-smelling creature. Axe was just in front of me, tail bowed and ready. Three eyes forward, the remaining stock eye watching the rest of us. Rachel had morphed a grizzly bear. She stood up, a massive pillar of rough brown fur with power to uproot small trees. Marco had morphed a gorilla. He swung his pile-driver arms back and forth, almost casually, like he was waiting on the street corner for the bus to come. Kelsey had morphed to wolf. The thick armor of fur on the back of her neck stood on end, and she'd drawn back her muzzle, revealing wet, glistening teeth. We were more than a ton of muscle and claw and tooth, all directed by human intelligence that could draw on animal instinct. Facing us, a single, man-sized alien. I realized Eric was talking, that he had been for several seconds, and I'd been too distracted to hear him. We'll paralyze you and numb your senses. If he gets close, he'll use the needle teeth retracted into his upper and lower jaw. He's not as fast as... Eric, what did you say about paralyzing? I interrupted. It's the reason they're called howlers, Jake. The voice. Be ready to... The howler's hand moved, reaching for the beam weapon. Chapter 11 I roared, a sound that made brave men fall down trembling. I gathered myself for a leap, but Axe was faster. His tail snapped, crack! The howler's hand dropped, the weapon clattered down the stairs. But before the weapon had stopped rolling, 
The hand was growing back. Attack! I yelled. I leapt. Axe whipped his tail again, faster than the eye could follow. I roared again, bellowing a sound that had never been heard on the planet Iskort. The others surged behind me. Down we went, a ton of animal power. Then, the howler replied. It was a blast of sound like nothing I'd ever heard before. Compared to it, my tiger's roar was the mewling of a kitten. I missed my leap and fell in a tangle on the steps. I saw Rachel trip and fall, landing on top of me. It was like having a safe dropped on my stomach. The wind exploded from my lungs. I scrambled to get up, but I couldn't make sense of up or down. I clawed feebly. Rachel rolled off, and I saw that Axe was reeling. Running! Running away, back up the stairs. Weak and alight hands clapped against his ears, blood seeping between the fingers. Cassie was howling, all wolf in her pain. Marco seemed to be the least affected. He swung a cement-block fist that hit the howler on his arm and spun the creature sideways. I got to my feet, hoping to attack while the howler was off balance. Except, the howler wasn't off balance. The ball-bearing waist twirled him all the way around, using the force of Marco's blow to spin and bring the now-regenerating hand up to a weapon. He had fired! A dozen steel darts, tiny triangles, ripped a messy hole through my left front leg. I stumbled. The pain was intense. Merkel swung another fist. Missed! The howler turned the flechette gun on him. A bloody hole you could have pushed a coke can through appeared in Marco's back. He dropped like a load of bricks. Cassie had recovered enough to bound into action, using Marco's fallen mass as a springboard. The howler raised the gun, but too slowly. Wolf jaws clamped down on the arm, and Cassie held on like a bulldog, ripping, tearing. I was up and moving on three legs. A lame leap. I clamped my teeth on Howler leg. Rachel was up too, charging on all fours, looking to knock the creature down. Tobias came sweeping down at full stoop speed, talons out for the Howler's eyes. We were getting the upper hand. Someone exploded a hand grenade in my head. I clamped my jaws tight, but all else was a blur. A swirling, mad blur. Blue and tan fur leapt over me. Rust red feathers shot past. What? What was happening? I couldn't think. Couldn't make sense. A sharp, searing pain. My eyes cleared just long enough to see the ornate dagger handle protruding from my neck. I'd been stabbed. In the neck. The tiger's blood. My blood. Jake, demorph, Eric said in a voice loud enough to penetrate the death fog creeping through my brain. Then there came other orders, all repped out in loud, clear voice. No, not orders. Just information. Cassie, he's trying to stab you. Axe, you are too close to the edge. Stop moving. Rachel, the howler is within two feet of the edge, to your right. I was demorphing, or at least I thought I was. I couldn't be sure. The tiger was dying, blood pumping out of his severed neck arteries. 
Demorph, Jake! Demorph! Eric's loud voice urged. Do it now! I heard a bear's roar. I heard an impact, body against body. I saw nothing but shapes. Meaningless shapes. Cassie, demorph! Eric ordered. He's gutted you! Demorph! Do it now! From far off, a hawk's cry. A bear's bellow. The bullwhip crack of an andalite tail. All far, far away. Chapter 12 Quiet turned his blood-red eye on me, watching as I lay helpless, watching as the howlers stood around Cassie, in a circle, watching as they lowered their claw hands into place, watching and laughing as she stood, eyes closed, helpless, seconds away from, Cassie, look out! I jerked up, eyes wide, hands flailing, fending off an attack. Chill, chill, Marco said. He grabbed one hand, and Rachel grabbed the other. It's okay, dude. Fight's over. I looked around, still wild. A room. Walls of solid colors. One red, the other's yellow. Still in Legoland. I slapped my legs. Human. My arms. Human. All me, with no ragged holes. I'd made it out of morph. I looked around the room. Rachel and Marco. Tobias sitting on the back of a strangely shaped chair. Eric standing alone, head down in thought. Axe as far from me as he could get. All four eyes turned away. Cassie? I asked. I'm here, she said. I realized she was behind me. I felt her palm on my cheek. Then she put her arms around me and hugged me from behind. It made me want to cry. It's taken you a while to wake up, Cassie said. You barely demorphed in time. Then it was like you were in a coma, like you weren't going to wake up at all. I remembered dreams. They were dreams, weren't they? Hard to be sure. Reality itself was weird enough to be a dream. The howler? I asked Rachel. Her mouth was an angry line. We hurt him, but he walked away. Six against one, and we got a draw, Marco said angrily. Not six, Rachel corrected. Seven. Eric saved our butts. He was the only one who could handle the howls. Yeah, right. Thanks a huge load, Eric, Marco said angrily. He gave us directions. Not to hurt the howler, you understand, because that would violate his programming, but directions on how to crawl out of there. I held onto Cassie's hand. I didn't want to get into this. I wanted to hold on to a moment of feeling glad to be alive, glad to feel Cassie's concern. Then I sighed, squeezed her fingers, and pushed her hand away. Eric did what he could, Marco. You know that as well as I do. My brain was scrambled. I'd be dead without him. That's enough for me. Marco looked like he wanted to say something else, but then his anger collapsed. Yeah. We all did what we could. I spotted Guide back against a wall, uncharacteristically quiet. You stick with us after that? I asked him. His eyes glowed. Oh, yes, yes, yes! I will be able to sell the memory of that battle for a small fortune. 
And if each of you would sell me your own unique perspectives, I could buy my own corner with the profits. I drew Cassie around to where I could see her. I nodded at Axe. What's with him? I asked. She shook her head. He ran away. He came back, but I guess that's not enough. He won't talk to anyone. Let him be for a while, I said. Then I'll talk to him. I felt weary. Bruised and beaten, although my human body reconstructed from DNA was unscarred by the battle. It was my brain that was worn out. I could see similar feelings on the faces around me. We'd been beaten in a fair fight. No, not a fair fight. It had been six of us, plus Eric, against one Howler. We'd fought to a draw. A tie. Seven against one. A tie. If there had been two Howlers, let alone all seven, we'd have been killed in ten seconds. We weren't scared. Not the way we might be, facing a battle. We were worse than scared. We were beaten. What is this place? I asked. Rachel shrugged. Some place God got for us. This room and a bathroom. Well, I think it's a bathroom. Hope it's a bathroom. A pile of rags lay in one corner. Our clothing. What was left of it after we'd morphed while still wearing it. We were in our morphing outfits now. But I guess we didn't look any more out of place than we would have anyway. The escort probably didn't care much about human fashion. What do we do? Tobias asked. I'm for dialing up the Elemist and telling him to go jump off whatever super-dimensional bridge he can find, Marco said. He wouldn't have put us here if we weren't at least theoretically capable of winning, Tobias said. Unless there's some other, deeper game the Elemist is playing, Cassie said. He's fighting a battle for entire species, entire planets. We're just pawns. That was more cynicism than I was used to hearing from Cassie. But she wasn't wrong. The Elemist and Kryak were both way over our heads. And I was haunted by the suggestion that maybe this was all a setup. That maybe Kryak wanted us here. Not because we were important by ourselves, but because eliminating us would help the Yurks. Why had the Elemist brought us here? He had to know how powerful the Howlers were. Had to. This is a rotten, stinking deal, Rachel said, expressing the thoughts in my own head. We're leaving our own planet defenseless to save these escort. She said escort like a curse word. I found myself looking at Eric. I could only imagine what was going on inside his head. He had the power to fight Howlers and win, but wasn't able to fight. Eric said, Maybe the Elemis could reprogram me. Remove the prohibition against violence. Marco groaned. Well, it's official. The situation is hopeless. When Eric starts talking that way, it's because we're beat. Beat this, Rachel said rudely. It made me smile. Rachel felt as down as anyone, but she refused to admit she couldn't just go out and nail the next howler she saw. They're faster than we are. Stronger than we are. Better armed than we are, Cassie said glumly. Then she lifted her face, eyes wary. But are they smarter than we are? Eric? I asked him. He sighed, a very human reaction. They had faster than light ships at a time when humans still thought the wheel was a radical new invention. 
doesn't make them smarter, Tobias said. The elements in some species evolve quickly, others slowly. If you get a billion years head start, of course you have better weapons and technology than a species that started later. Doesn't mean you're smarter. Maybe it just means you started earlier. It was a weak thread to hang by, but it was all we had. Eric, tell us all you know about the Howlers, I said. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I don't have any messages this week, but thank you all for listening, and I hope the Howler Scout, the Howler Scout, the Howler Sound, uh, was okay. <laughs> Again, an awkward position where something is described as overwhelming, loud, and annoying, and I gotta also balance with, well, people gotta hear it with their ears, they probably got headphones in, so I hope I, I hope I towed that line okay, and no one was deafened, and also it did convey, though, um, some form of scary alien scream. And, if you can, uh, if you recognize where I, where I sourced the bass sound that I messed around with to make this, um, write in and you'll win a prize. I don't, I, I will PayPal you $5. I don't know. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, uh, if you'd like to write in, you know, you know how this goes. We got, we got all the hits here. We've got, uh, our Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. We've got Tumblr at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. We've got, um, what do we got? We got my website. That's theapodcalypse.com. The Apodcalypse, like Apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. And of course, um, for however long it lasts, we still have our Twitter. Uh, that's at audiomorphs. And that's where you should check if uh, things are ever delayed. I will be posting a Y, um, hopefully <laughs> there. If anywhere, there. Um, that's uh that's all I got this week I think. So, you know, stay safe, stay stay warm and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>